Thank you, Matt. Oh, my goodness. Soul sister. Wow. I just feel like I could go home. I mean, I was done after Brittany's testimony. I just feel like I'm the tiny little full stop to that. Because actually, there was, there's a lot of similarity going on there. Would you believe me if I told you an old woman dressed me tonight? <laughs> it's, it's not entirely true. Half of my outfit is from an op shop. I'm a little bit of a hippie at heart. <laughs> and I feel like this top thought that it had seen its final <laughs> days. But there is resurrection power in the house tonight. <laughs> Am I right? I didn't even check to see if there were holes in it, but so there's that. I went and got my hair done today because I'm a little bit of a hippie at heart and I just couldn't deal. I have two kids, as, as Nat mentioned, and one's 18 months old and he still is feeding off of me no matter how hard I try to peel him off. He will not let me... Yeah, there's, there's some separation issues there. And today, he's trying to get at me, and I give up because I'm tired and, you know, it's exhausting. And my five-year-old comes over and bursts into tears and says, Mommy, when I see him do that, I just want to be a baby and feed off you too. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I'm done. And there was... You know, that was a pretty clear moment to me that I need to move this thing along. <laughs> I am done with this. When that gorgeous baby came up, the, the front here, I'm sure a, a lot of the mums that are still kicking in here maybe had some surges in their ovaries. I was like, it's cute, but no, it, we're done. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, Chad, for coming tonight. This is my handsome husband sitting on the front row. He's braving the estrogen tonight, but let's be honest, he gets plenty of that at home, so. But thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And I am so honoured to be here tonight. Actually, this is really a huge deal for me. I don't think I've spoken to this many people before in my life, and I feel really honoured and privileged to be here and I really do believe that God has given me a powerful word and I feel like it just flows onwards from what we've already heard, the richness that we've already heard here tonight. And I just want to circle back to that clip, Nat. I really appreciate that. I mean, I feel like that's my spirit animal right there. If, if I mean, if you have a tune back there that you just want to hit that, I just want to dance a little. That's... It's my jam. I don't know this. Hit that despacito, Niana. Girls, come on, stand up. Hey. Who can, who can shake it tonight? Hey. I really like her move. Hey. I'm hey. going to steal those hey. moves, babe. Niana. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thank you. That good. Despacito. All right. That was purely just to shake off my nerves, so I'm good now. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited, actually, because when you stand before a crowd of people, most of people that you don't know, but you have a word from God on the inside of you, nothing really can go wrong, right? Like, I'm really excited to give this word to you tonight. Who here has um, 
had an identity crisis. Anyone at that stage? Yeah, just a few in the room. I mean, I have a confession. I've probably had an identity crisis from the age of four till about 30. Uh, part of my journey has been a struggle with identity. And I want to bring some truth tonight around identity. I think my true calling in God was stolen from me. My, and, and that's a core part of your identity in Him. And I feel like it was stolen from me from a very young age. And I lived under a, a spirit of shame and rejection. And I have a similar story to, to Brittany's. I mean, if some of you may know my story, but I battled with an eating disorder for 10 years, depression, anxiety, all sorts of things went wrong. And it was a, it was a real journey for me that God revealed to me as I got older, and it was about identity. And recently, I feel as though the veil has been lifted from my eyes. And while I battled with these struggles and I found truth and I, I stayed in him and I faced things even though I was full of fear and I overcome a lot of things and I, I got miraculously healed from the eating disorder and I got miraculously healed quite a while later from the depression and the anxiety and all these amazing things happened. I still had an issue with identity and I feel like God's really revealed some incredible truths to me just in the last few years even. Like this revelation is really fresh that I'm bringing to you tonight. So we're going to go on this journey together. But isn't it beautiful when you can look in hindsight at your suffering and answer the why question around it? Redemption and Restoration is a beautiful thing, and God is a redemptive God, and, and He restores. And I love the fact that I can look at that time in my life and look at the darkness and see the purpose in it. And that happens when you get clarity. I mean, Nat, you spoke about the clarity. When you give praise to the Lord, clarity comes. And there is something about clarity that comes that where you can name the darkness and you can put a why to that and it can empower you to move forward. I discovered a truth about my calling that I didn't see coming. And I really want to explain something really poignant that changed my life. And I feel like it can change our lives here together. And it's the fact that there is a story written that is signed, sealed, and delivered. And that is that we are children of God. It is written in our book. We are a child, we are children of God. Nothing can take that away. That is, that is done. And it is available to anyone who believes. Anyone who chooses to believe. We are God's children if we choose to believe. That's a key phrase. I just want you to Grab that phrase and put it on your corkboard in your mind because we're coming back to that. If we believe this truth, we are saved and our lives are on a journey in Him. It just happens as soon as we accept that truth. But the other part of our story is unwritten, and this is the part that excites me. As Nat mentioned, I'm a creative and I love the idea of 
creating and I love that our God is a creator and he is a creative God. And then there's this whole part of our story that is filled with blank pages. And while this part of our story, the fact that we are children of God and the cross and everything, it's done, it's finished, it's beautiful, the fact that that's already penned doesn't mean that we just end there in that place. There's this beautiful journey that God takes us on where we get to create with him. We get to write our story. And I really believe that our identity and our true calling in him, something that's so personal and so intricate and so tailor-made for each and every person, you're not going to find that in the amazing stories of the Bible, because that's the beginning, and that's the, the foundation, that's what we go back to, that's where we get our security and our identity from in that sense. But when we move forward in God, and we allow Him to create with us the rest of our story, we receive so much more in-depth and intricate details in Him around who we are and what we're called to. Blank pages excite me. They used to make me nervous, but they excite me now because I know that it, it doesn't mean I'm insignificant or I have nothing to offer. It means that my story's still being written and there is so much potential and there is so much that God can give me. No, there are not enough pages in this world physically that could, fill, that could be filled with his goodness. It's never ending. There is, we would run out of paper every time. This is the God that we serve. My story is only just starting to get clarity. And I've been fighting with God, unknowingly so, in this struggle with identity over who has the pen to my story. I've been battling with this identity crisis because I've been listening to the lies and allowing the enemy to write my story or allowing the opinion of others to dictate my story. But a moment of clarity, in a moment of clarity, I realized that only God holds the pen that can write my story. No matter how much mess I've made in my story, no matter how many marks have been made from the lies of the enemy or from the opinions of others or even from my own mind and negative thoughts, no matter how much mess I've made, God can transform it all into something so beautiful, so redemptive, and so restorative that nothing, nothing can stop him from penning your story and bringing your ashes into beauty. It doesn't matter what is already in your pages. What matters is if you choose to believe. I had to learn to take back the ground that the enemy stole from me. And realizing that, you know, God gave me clarity around my identity. He told me that I'm a worshiper and that's just a small part of the clarity that came to me. But when I heard the truth and I heard and I saw the and I, I had clarity and I saw it for the first time in a light that I'd never seen it before I suddenly saw the relentlessness of the enemy at the same time and how much he tries to stop us from believing the truth and so tonight I want to give us keys 
that we can take home and apply in our own lives to combat the enemy so that we can choose to believe the truth. And I want, I want us all to leave. I mean, I feel like I'm already in a room full of champions tonight. I feel like we are overcomers and nothing can stop us. But I want us to, to leave this place believing that that's truth and nothing can contest that truth. Nothing can stand against us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We need to believe this stuff. This stuff just isn't given to us for no good reason. It's there as, as principle from the, the great God, the great creator, the, the Lord of lords and the king of kings. He has given us these truths and we need to start believing them. I just, I just want you to catch this next bit because this revelation alone will change your life if you let it. The enemy legitimately has no power. He has no power. But watch this. He knows the power that we have in our minds. He is aware of what our minds can do. So if he can deceive us into believing his lies, then he can harness the power within our minds to do what he wants to do. He has, he has to use your... He has no power he has to use the power in your mind to do what he wants to do. He, he, he has no leg to stand on. He has no power of his own. He uses our minds. I mean, that blew my mind when I got that revelation. So therefore, we give him power when we choose not to believe in God's truth. It just automatically it, it opens the door to him coming in and manipulating our, the power of our minds. Our minds are a beautiful thing. Our minds are amazing and we own them and we can use them for the kingdom of God. We can dictate to, to our minds what they believe. Does that make sense? It, we have this incredible power in our hands and too often we give it over to the enemy or we give it over to just something other than the almighty power of God. I want to leave you with two things tonight that I really, really pray will give you practical tools around how to, how to block out the enemy and choose to believe the truth that God has given you so that you can run full flight into your identity that is intricate and tailor-made to you that you cannot receive from anywhere else but the Lord that, that will leave you standing uncontested. And I also want to give you tools around how you can remain in that place. Firstly, we have to, we have to realize that it is a choice. We have to choose to believe. And in doing that, we have to be relentless against the enemy. He, his whole game is deception. He kills, steals, and destroys, but that all happens in the mind. He's killing and stealing and destroying the promises and the truth that God has given us. It's not any, it doesn't happen anywhere else other than in our minds. We have to get relentless against his schemes. He is good at what he does. He has no power, but he is good at what he does. He is good at deceiving. So we need to get good at blocking him out. 
I want to I read through Ephesians 6 from verse 10. It talks about the armour of God. And this just reminds us how crucial it is to be on guard. But it's also empowering. This is not to scare you. This is to empower you. <clears throat> if you would like to go there with me, starting from verse 10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on all of God's armour. Just, just remember that phrase as well, put on. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies, all strategies of the devil. He doesn't just use one trick. It's all dis- deception, but he has strategies around. He is good at deceiving us. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The shoes, for the shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm just going to leave it there for a second. Put on is a choice. That it's indicating that there is a choice there. Again, this, is a, this, is a, this happens in the mind. We're not physically putting on armour here. We are spiritually putting on armour, and that happens in our mind. It says put on... That means that it doesn't automatically just come on us when we wake up in the morning. We have to seek it out. We have to be relentless. We have to put it on and be proactive. We can't go through life and turn around and just and look at what's happened and raise our hands and have a victim mentality like Brittany spoke about and think, oh gosh, why does this keep happening to me if we're not being proactive and relentless against the enemy's schemes? We have to get something inside of us that rises up and and this is a positioning for full flight in him this is a positioning where we are prepared because we're not going to see our identity in him and we're not going to see what he has for us come to pass we're not going to know our true calling if we're stuck in this place where we're not prepared because the schemes of the enemy get harder to combat against as you go further in full flight so every every time the enemy comes at you it's an opportunity for you to overcome and grow and strengthen and go further and soar higher 2 timothy 1 7 says for god has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self-discipline Self-discipline can also be explained as a sound mind or a disciplined mind. The mind is important to keep disciplined. We have to take every thought captive and hand it over to God. Is it a lie or is it his truth? It's one or the other. Is it a lie or is it his truth? It's one or the other. Take it captive. Give it over to God. Line it up with his word. If it's not right, throw it out. Throw that thing out. And stand firm on the truth. In an instant, you can take flight. 
or in an instant you can ground your flight. The difference is in what you choose to believe. The key phrase from Ephesians 6 is put on the armor. Faith is welded in the mind. God transforms our lives by changing the way we think. Truth is what you choose to believe in. Righteousness is accepting you as saved. Peace resides in the mind. The word of God renews our mind and the helmet of salvation protects it all. So first and foremost, we come back to that place where it's already written in our stories. We're children of God. Salvation is ours. It's done. It's signed, sealed, delivered. That is the basis upon which we can protect ourselves from the enemy. We use that helmet of salvation because the enemy will attack our worth, but our worth is uncontested in salvation. Just quickly, I want to mention a study done by Brene Brown. Does anybody know about Brene Brown? Yes? She is a research professor at the University of Houston, and she has spent the past 16 years studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy and her findings are profound. If, if you haven't already, please look her up when you get a moment, when you get back home, and just listen to some of her, her TED Talks or her podcasts around this stuff, because it will change your world. But one study I want to focus on just really quickly to help bring this point home about how powerful our minds are is that she, 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 in her findings, she found that there were two types of people One was the wholehearted and one was not the wholehearted. I can't remember what she called that, but for the sake of this, let's say wholehearted and brokenhearted. And she she wanted to find a comparison between the two that was like looked something like, oh, their lifestyles were better and they didn't they weren't abused and they didn't go through trauma and you know they had all this, they had it handed to them on a silver platter. But what she found was so profound. Basically, there was no difference between their lives. Everyone had a story that would bring you to your knees. Everyone suffered. Everyone had a brokenness. The only difference between the two different groups was that the wholehearted chose to believe they were loved. That is the, and that is research, that's scientific research. This is the power that we have in our mind. Choosing to believe in something is not insignificant. It dictates your journey, your flight path. It will transform your world. Make a decision tonight to believe, to believe the truth. The second thing I want to focus on is the Holy Spirit. Become best friends with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking like legit besties. You message each other constantly. You keep those lines of communication open. You keep that dialogue going all day, every day. I mean, there's, there's nothing like motherhood that makes you run into the arms of Jesus crying, Jesus, take the wheel, because I'm about to throw my child into oncoming traffic. I mean, I have never experienced a relationship with the Holy Spirit like I have since being a mom. I didn't even realize that it was on tap, that the Holy Spirit is on tap, the wisdom and the guidance and the clarity that comes from the Holy Spirit, it is on tap. We've got access to that 24-7. I'm talking any time of the night, any time of the day, you just have to take a second and you have to connect. Holy Spirit, help me. 
Do you know that the Holy Spirit, I'm going to read a verse that confirms this, but the Holy Spirit was given to us by Jesus and basically his entire job is to counsel us and guide us through life, saying only what he hears Jesus say and Jesus only says what he hears the Father say. It's direct access to the wisdom of heaven. It's direct access to the truth of heaven and it's on tap. Damn! My blue wave is, you know, looking good tonight. <laughs> I just feel like I could bounce around and it still looks good. Damn, I'm so glad I got my hair done. It would not look like this if I... Anyway, sorry, back. Okay, so John 16, the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's go there, verse 5. And I'm going to read through it quickly because it's a big verse, but I feel it's, I mean, there's so much in this passage. You could, I could write five messages out of this passage, but I'm not going to do that tonight. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin, now just catch this quickly, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me, which is another way of saying that to whomever chooses to believe will have eternal life. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, which is the cross, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged, which is another way of saying we have an enemy, and it is our responsibility to to resist him. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. This is the important part. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me, from Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine. So basically, Jesus is saying that you will receive directly from the Father through me, through the Holy Spirit. Let's just circle back. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. So... Your story was written, the cross was done, you're a child of God. There's so much more. You can't bear it all in a moment. What do you need? You need the Holy Spirit every single second of your day walking you gently through and navigating and cutting through bone and marrow so that you can receive the truth when you need it in that moment so then you can take a bigger step and you can be a bigger person and receive another piece of truth that you wouldn't have been able to receive over here if you didn't have the Holy Spirit guiding you to that next step. We can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. In order to be effective in God's kingdom, to know our calling, to know our true identity, to take full flight, we need to choose to believe and we need to have the Holy Spirit by our side every second of every day. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth is is the most poignant and beautiful journey towards your identity. You become whole. You become wholehearted. When you choose to believe and you take that journey with the Holy Spirit and you go, you learn about your, yourself in Him. Isn't that beautiful? It's, you learn about yourself in Him and it's all about Him. 
It's the beauty of him in you. And you learn about that. And each of us is so different. God's such a huge God. I honestly believe that we are all anointed for the flight ahead. And we need to believe what we're called to. We need to believe the truth. And we need the Holy Spirit to be revealing that truth to us every step of the way. Choose to believe, get relentless against the enemy and walk in the spirit, always listening to his wisdom and counsel. You were called to something great. Your story didn't just end at salvation. You were called to something great. The blank pages in your book are yet to be filled by the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And he is so personal and so poignant and he has your every desire Your every desire is in the palm of his hands and he wants to write it into your story. Sometimes we get scared that if we give it all over to him that we won't get what we want. But let me tell you that we don't even know fully what we really want because what we want in our own perspective is only a tiny, tiny bit of what God has for us. And as we give it over to him and as we trust him, he will take us into a a deeper revelation of what we really, really, really want and it'll be more beautiful than you can ever imagine. I want to stop right now and give us time because I feel like the Holy Spirit is here tonight and he's urging each and every one of us to come to him and start a dialogue with him, to come to him and start on a journey towards the truth. It's called being aware in worldly terms, but to us it's, it's a journey with the Holy Spirit. And I want, us to, I want us to have an opportunity tonight to listen, to hear. Do you know, there was one thing that I did when I was in a bit of a hard situation that completely transformed the way I thought about this. And it was, I, I simply got a blank journal and I called it a one-page, a one-word journal. And I sat ready with a pen and I said, Holy Spirit, give me a word in season because I don't know what to do. And I don't know where to turn and I don't know what to think or what to believe. Give me a word in season and sure enough, a word would come. Every time I asked that question, a word would come. And it may have taken a little longer than others, but it would always come. And I was always ready. I was poised and positioned to take down that word. And you know what? I'm a creative, so I would like get all like hand lettery and just be like making it all pretty. And then... And then all these scriptures would come flowing out of me. And all of a sudden, these words, and it was amazing how just one word would open up this revelation in my world. And, and what would happen is that, that, that page that had that word on it, it would stay open until I felt like that season was ended. And then I'd ask for a new word, a simple thing, a simple thing to keep you ready and open and waiting and positioned to hear from the Holy Spirit.